Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Last week, I brought you a story of a proposal to develop a 32-unit condominium in Brighton that has many residents worried. It also has the mayor and councillors concerned. The developer, J.R.B. William Enterprises, wants to build on lands next to provincially protected wetlands on an area zoned for residential. In an archaeological assessment report submitted to Council, it says some indigenous pottery was found dating back to 600 A.D. Alderville Chief Dave Mowat is pretty upset. In an interview I did with him for the Daily Wrap last Friday, he expressed those issues, plus his plans for going forward. I think you'll want to hear that interview. Chief Mowat, um, I want to talk to you about this archaeological find down in Gosport and Brighton um, for this proposed development. And yes. when did you first learn about this uh, archaeological assessment study that has taken place on this land that's proposed for development? Okay, so let me just uh, set a bit of set the table if I can. Um, First of all, thanks for having me again, Rob. I always enjoy uh, our, our uh, discussions. And thanks, Peter and Peter, uh, for uh, uh, having me uh, on the air tonight. Um, I just want to set the context is that, uh, you know, this kind of artifacts are found all the time, in my experience. there's a This is not unique. Um, I, uh, I point back to a time not too long ago when I was involved in re-interring what we call an ancestor on an island in Rice Lake. And this uh, ancestor was found eroding from the side side of an island. Uh, And so we went through a process, archaeological assessment, uh, exhumed the the remains, and it uh, turned out that the individual was deemed to be up to 3,500 years old. Wow. And so I was involved in the site disposition agreement to rebury this individual. Um, and so it was in, that was an interesting learning experience for me. That's when I still worked for Scugog Island First Nation before I became chief. Actually, uh, I had just become chief when we reburied him. So it's just uh, it's just one example of so many examples of how archaeological resources are found in southern Ontario. This is not unique. Um, so now to move into the being informed piece, I was not informed of this. Uh, the report I'm looking at the report right now is July 19, 2022. The stage one to three archaeological assessment, um, 40 and 46 Price Street East. Etc. Um, I didn't become aware of this until after the, I believe it was when after the New Year, an individual from Brighton, um, just a 
resident there informed us. He's a he's actually a a, a band member of a, a First Nation up north. He lives in Brighton. He informed us of this, um, and so that got me interested in wondering why we weren't informed previously. This area here at Brighton and Gosport is the Gunshot Treaty area, uh, dated that uh, purchase, land purchase, dates 1788. Um, so it's uh, considered Williams Treaty's First Nations treaty land. Um, and under the best practices and or under the guidelines, First Nations people should expect to be informed on such things as this at either stage one, a best practice is stage one, or at least stage three. And so I had to phone the archaeologist once I heard about this. I had to phone the archaeologist to find out how come we hadn't been informed. So that's where we're at, is that uh, I have the report now. I've, uh, I've read through most of it, um, and I pulled down the standards and guidelines, the 2011 Ontario Archaeological Standards and Guidelines, just to make sure I have that in my hard drive. Um, I reached out to a, 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 an archaeologist today. Um, we're sort of playing telephone tag. But I did talk to the archaeologist that works for, this, for the company that did this particular assessment. And I said, I'm surprised that you would not have reached out to us. And, and why didn't you reach out to us? And he kind of, uh, I, I got to say that he didn't really answer that dead on but he said if you want to be involved moving forward I said well of course we do if it's going to be a, if a stage four is being recommended here I think the First Nations it's about time that we got a chance to weigh in on this. Well Dave it's fascinating because I think if you look in the, on the cover page of that study and, and I'm saying this for our audience the, the study date was completed in July 19th 2022. That's right. So um, I mean that's a that's a pretty long gap and, and you say that is it is it legislatively required that they notify you uh, after their stage three? Archaeologists, they work via the standards and guidelines. Um, I don't know if you have a copy, but for your listeners as well, you can find these on the Internet. If there's any uh, listeners that are interested in archaeology and the guiding standards uh, for licensed archaeologists, you can find um, it on the the Internet. And... um, so, you know, the problem that we've had, the First Nations, the problem First Nations have always had is that they've lost access to <clears throat> protecting their, our resources in the ground. And, you know, one would have to go back to how Upper Canada was even created and settled. One would have to go back to what the early land purchases said. They weren't even really what I would call they were substandard treaties, if you will, the early land purchases that mm-hmm. allowed settlement to come into here. Mm-hmm. So our people lost a hold of their of their lands. They lost a hold of their burial sites, um, lost a hold of their harvesting sites. As I've talked about this before, how our people lost access to, you know, their traditional economy by way of these early settler processes and, and these early land purchases. Um, and so, you know, archaeology fits right, it falls right into that, how our people have lost a hold or lost a sort of a, uh, um, a right to protect these, these sites. You know, the Planning Act now, is, the Planning Act is 
tool that has developed Southern Ontario. That's that's the municipal the that's the Ontario legislative tool. And if you read that, First Nations are just a little checkbox. So First Nations have been moved out of the way of this process, and we've had to claw our way back in to try to have a voice uh, on these sort of processes regarding development. I could go. I could go on for hours and hours and hours and hours well, talking, to uh, you, talking to you about development and what is well, done to our traditional sites in southern Ontario. Uh, no doubt. I, I, I don't doubt that for a moment. And, and I guess, you know, you're talking about certain aspects of this, but what we're really talking about here is culture. Um, and and I, I guess, you know, when you look in that report and you start to, to, to figure out what they're actually saying, I mean... They've, they've dug some test pits and, and they've found uh, a number of pieces of pottery and, and uh, they've done the, the dating process and, and it's, it's not just like one or two, there's about four or five that they found um, just in these preliminary studies. And, and now they're saying, they're recommending that, um, that further digs be done to ascertain uh, just what is exactly there. I, if I could read just for a second for, the, for, for our audience... The stage three study area, quote, contains an archaeological site that has further cultural heritage value and interest. As a result, stage four mitigation by excavation is recommended. When you read that or you hear that, Dave, uh, what what does it say to you? What what what's that telling you as 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 somebody who would be interested in this? Well, the date the date uh, I believe it's late woodland site that we're talking about, 600 AD, thereabouts. Um, so it really bothers me, and it always has bothered me, that archaeological sites or the prehistory of this area is the mitigation that is employed is to get rid of it, is to remove it. And that's one that, that's something that's always bothered me. When we uh, when we found that old when that old Manny wrote it out, out to the side of that island, we luckily the family who owns the island they were willing to let him be reinterred. Now, if we if that family didn't want him reinterred, we would have had a bit of a, a a battle on our hands. So it's not clear cut for Aboriginal people. They've been pushed out of the way, um, and I always use this term: the coercive power of the law. It was used to undermine our rights on the land, and it's being used again to undermine uh, civil oversight. It's being used again to undermine the land planning regime that's been in place for a long time. And I always go back to that, how the course of power of the law, the government has the majority in the House, in the legislature, and boom, look what happens through Bill 23. What does that have? What's that hold? for uh, future archaeological sites. God only knows. So I want to read you something, too, from page 13 of the report, Rob. Sure. Um, on, on the stage four, it says, the preferred method of stage four mitigation is through avoidance and protection. That's ideal. That's the ideal that we all aspire to, is to go around it, avoid it, put a buffer up and protect it. Discussions with the proponent. That's not us, and that's not the archaeologist. That's the person that was the developer. The discussions with the proponent determined 
that the site area is integral to development and cannot be avoided. As a result, stage four mitigation by excavation is recommended for, for the site. Uh, well, I'm really, I just want to say uh, thanks for asking us for our uh, opinion about this. <clears throat> you know, we weren't asked about that. We haven't been asked officially at all of what we think about a stage four mitigation. I got a message from an individual with the Brighton Planning Committee or the Brighton uh, Planning uh, and Development Department in the, at the municipality of Brighton. He uh, messaged me yesterday passing on this same report, which I've already got, and um, basically said I might want, this might be of interest to you. So that's sort of, I mean, uh, thanks a lot for the, uh, for the uh, information, sir, but I already have it because they had to go looking for it, and because a resident sent it to us. So you can understand I'm a little PO'd right now at this. Uh, a resident sent this to us. Brighton, municipality of Brighton did not. The proponent did not. And the archaeologist did not. And now we're reading that stage four mitigation uh, is, is actually going to be, according to the proponent and this report, by excavation in possibly late mid-spring, late spring. So, Dave, what are you going to do? Well, the Williams Treaties First Nations, I'm informing the Williams Treaties First Nations of what's going on here. Um, I'm interested to know, I'm interested in the fact that there was such a large turnout at that, count, at that meeting. Um, and, of course, now if you look at the map, and I always go to the maps because I'm always I'm a map person. Um, maps are so important. When you look at that map, and we look, when you look at Presqu'isle Bay, for those that want to go home tonight and look at the map, look at Presqu'isle Park, look at Presqu'isle Bay, look at Gosport and Brighton. Of course, there were going to be Aboriginal people there. Of course, there was going to be our ancestors who were going to be there. Of course, they were at the Bay of Quinte. That's a given. They were there. It's a natural harbor. Uh, it, it only makes sense. And, of course, boom, there you go. And this report identifies that there was Indigenous activity, and um, and it only makes sense that there was. And, you know, you can go all the way along Lake Ontario, and there's going to be sites all the way, and there have been all the way along Lake Ontario. But I should also point out that this is nothing new to find pottery. It's nothing new. I could, we could be paddling throughout Rice Lake and go up on a, uh, on an island, and we might find pottery. We might find an arrowhead. Uh, you know, it's it's only when development occurs. Uh, development occurs at these nice, pristine sites, right? Where you can look out over, out over the water, and you can walk along the lakefront, and you know, and enjoy your condo life on what is obviously a former indigenous site. So. It's not a surprise, Rob, in the in the you know in the grand scheme, but the information and the lack of consultation—that's the problem that we've just identified. Actually, just 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 this month, what? you know, as chief, I get you know you can imagine the multitude of information that comes across your uh, through your inbox, sure. and there's archaeological assessments happening everywhere. Uh, sure. I can let you know that they're, they're happening everywhere because the level of development is increasing. So therefore, 
if it's planning act applications, then archaeological assessments are triggered. So, Dave, uh, help me understand this process uh, on your side of things, uh, because um, now that you have this information, you said you're going to let the Williams Treaty people know. Can you describe for us what that involves and whether is it going to be you and uh, your band council that's going to be engaging with Brighton and the archaeologists and the developer, or is it is it there another aspect of, of your community that deals with this? How, how does your side of it work when you respond? So, legally and technically, all of the Williams Treaty's First Nations have a right to weigh in on this issue, and that's probably something that the developer would not know, and it's probably something the it's something the archaeologists should know, um, but the Gunshot Treaty is one of the pre-Confederation treaties that is now uh, recognized and has been reaffirmed by way of the Williams Treaty's Settlement Agreement of 2018. <clears throat> so those pre-Confederation treaty areas attached to the Williams Treaty's First Nations include the Gunshot Treaty area, Crawford Purchase, which is just to the east of Gunshot, into the Bay of Quinney, uh, Treaty 27 and a quarter, Treaty 20, Treaty 16, 18, and 5. And these all encompass, you know, the course of lakes and Lake Simcoe, etc. And the gunshot is okay. along the So I understand, and you've said this before, I, I mean, we understand that these lands are, are significant to you and, and a whole, are important to you, and you have rights on these lands. What I'm curious about is process. Is it, is it your band council and your... No, uh, it'll be all of the Williams. It'll be all of the First Nations. So it's who who First represents Nations. them then? Well, ultimately, all of the chiefs. So all, all of them like, are going to get a hold of Brighton and let them know, or how does that work? We might write. Uh, I would suggest that we'll write a collective letter, a letter collectively by uh, way of our legal, our Williams Treaties uh, First Nations legal counsel. Wow. It'll come from our legal counsel. Wow. Yes. It's that it, wow. So um, once you get to that stage, then what, what's the next, the next stage after that? Now that you notify them or that you express your interest in being involved, what then happens from there? Well, um, then the developer then, in my view, has an obligation to meet with us. To, if, if, if all of the chiefs do not want to see excavation, then we've got a bit of a problem. Then the developer has a little bit of a problem. And uh, I'm not saying that that's the way it's going to be, but you know what? The problem is consultation. The problem is uh, the duty to consult, and that has failed here. The duty to consult has failed here. And this is uh, uh, just a repeat of what we have seen over the years, and I don't understand why the people involved here didn't reach out to the First Nations sooner than they should have. And so it's going to take a letter back from the collective, from the Williams Treaties, First Nations Chiefs, by way of our legal counsel, and it'll go to the developer, and it should go to the uh, archaeologists as well. Now and we're going to have to start, and we're going to have to have a meet, and we're going to have to meet, and we're going to have to discuss this site and this issue. Well, I just wonder, though, because I know that the, the, the municipality is under under the gun to get this approved, and, and I understand that sometime in February, um, at least uh, when the mayor was talking me, to me in my interview this week, 
he said that uh, by mid-February, this should be, or the end of February, it should be coming back for, to council and a decision will be made fairly fairly soon as to how, how it's going to go forward. Um, are, are you going to be able to meet these deadlines and are you going to be able to intervene quickly enough to, uh, to, uh, to have your voices heard and, and to have your, your, your people at the table? We'll be able to uh, weigh in quick enough uh, so that our voice is actually um, on the record. Um, you know, we're not, I'm not suggesting there's going to be conflict or anything like that, but we'll definitely, our voice will definitely be a part of the record uh, uh, very soon. So, so what do you want to see then, ultimately, from your perspective? What, what do you want to see? How do you want this to unfold? If it was well, ideal for you, how would you want it on, to unfold? Well, I'm not seeing, I mean, at this point, I've seen, there's not really a lot of resources that I've seen in the report. I don't know what you're reading, Rob, but I'm seeing about a handful of pieces of pottery shirt. Okay. That's what I'm seeing. Yep. Yeah. No human remains. That's a, that, would be, that would be a much different issue if there were human remains. It would be a stop. Sure. A stop project sure. right there. But So, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of, resources in the archaeological sense of it at this point i'm not um and i have it um i gotta be honest i've seen more in other areas sure i really have um and i just want to make sure regardless of how many you know actual resources there are or pieces of pottery shirt um the, the geographical location of this site suggests that there obviously there was activity here. Um, and it's just one example. You know what I want to put on the record? What I want to be most vocal about is the fact that we were not consulted the way we should have been consulted. That's what needs to be. Everybody needs to be reminded of that. And I, don't, I can't speak for the other chiefs uh, at this point, but the fact that the duty to consult failed again is what needs to be heard. So and what is, is there a bottom line here? I mean, we, are, are you going to demand that there be a stage four and, and we get those results? And, and or, or are you just happy to, to, once they start talking to you, then that's that's a good enough milestone for you. What, what's what's your bottom line? Well, I think at this point, and I, again, I can't speak for all the chiefs, but, you know, the preferred method of stage, just to reiterate what's been said in this report, the, the preferred method of stage four mitigation is through avoidance of protection. That's from the archaeological side. The proponent says that that can't happen. It can't be avoided. So there's a conflict there between two sort of worldviews. Now, I want to know what the response will be from both parties once we send our correspondence. And I'll just leave it at that. I won't, okay. I don't know what that will be. All right. Yeah. I don't know what that will be, but I, I want our, I want your listeners to be reminded that there's a constitutional right to be consulted, whether it's archaeology, whether you're putting a bridge over the cataract, whatever we've been insulted, uh, consulted on. Yeah. Insulted actually sometimes, but we've been consulted on a multitude of things and why we weren't consulted and informed earlier on this is sort of baffling. Chief Dave Mowat, I want to thank you so much for talking to me this evening. That was Alderville Chief Dave Mowat on cultural artifacts found on a proposed development site in Brighton. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. 
If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.